Well, this morning is one of those services where there are so many moving parts and it makes me very nervous because we're going to talk about Mark chapter 5, Jesus on the move, and we're going to go with him on the move, and we're also going to weave into that an update about where we're at with New Life Romania. And as you'll see, there is a new logo, and the creator of that logo is Katie Bambra. Round of applause, please. Thank you, Katie. It represents what we've been doing over the last couple of years, which is a new day for this ministry. We've been working in Romania for uh, about 25 years in the north, and about a couple of years ago, we decided God was calling us to change and to move, and now we work in the south. And this morning, the steering group that leads New Life Romania are all going to take part in the service one way or another. And through that, I'm going to try and bring some thoughts from Mark chapter 5 that make sense in the context of what we're doing down in Romania. It's all good news because Jesus is at work in the lives of those of us who are involved in this ministry and in the lives of the people that we're connected with down in Constanta. And we're seeing lives transformed by the power of the same Jesus that we've been singing about this morning. We're in Mark chapter 5 and this whole book of Mark is about Jesus being on the move. It's fast, it's up and down, it's kind of, you no sooner get one little bit sorted out and Jesus is on the move somewhere else. And so we're going to weave that into our thoughts this morning. Mark chapter 5 is another one of those fast-moving parts of Jesus's life and his ministry. And the word that stood out for me was that Jesus was a transformer. What a transformer does is it takes power from one place to another. It connects. And the transformer does something with that power. It either steps it up or steps it down. But it's a way of moving power from one place to another. And that's what Jesus does in Mark chapter 5. We're going to have it read to us, the whole chapter, in a few moments. Mark chapter 5. Jesus is transforming We see a man who was transformed, who was vulnerable, who was in lockdown on the mountainside, who had been outcast by society, that people couldn't do anything with. He couldn't even do anything with himself. And we see Jesus coming and bringing control and peace and healing. The power and the love of Jesus transformed him into a new man that amazed his community. We see a woman who'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She would have been an outcast in her community because of this bleeding that was going on. And yet she came and she felt that if she could just get close to Jesus and touch even the side of his cloak, it may well sort her problem out and she would be healed. And as soon as she touched the cloak, we see the transforming power and the love of Jesus flowing The Bible says the power flowed from Jesus and transformed that woman from something that she wasn't into something that she now was. We see the third part of Mark chapter 5, a girl whose life was completely transformed because Jairus, the man who was a ruler in the synagogue, came to Jesus and said, can you come and put your hands on my daughter because she's sick? And on the way there, we have this incident of the woman with the hemorrhaging and folk came from Jairus' house and said, don't bother Jesus anymore, she's dead. And we see Jesus moving into that completely impossible situation, naturally speaking, and his transforming power bringing life to a dead body. This is the fantastic work and power of Jesus, the transformer. 
It's interesting, that word transform is only used a couple of times in the New Testament, and the Greek word for it is metamorpho. Do you recognise that? So where we get the word metamorphosis. The change from a larva into ultimately a butterfly through the various stages of, of its development. Metamorphosis is the way in which something completely is developed and changed into something that it wasn't before. And for those Bible students among you, I just came across this reference. One of the references to it in the New Testament is in Philippians chapter 3, which is where Paul talks about our citizenship being in heaven. And he says, one day God will transform that same word metamorphosis, our bodies, into the same, the likeness of Jesus' body. What a wonderful thought for the future. The metamorphosis that comes through accepting Christ and the new life that comes in will eventually give us a new body like Jesus' body. So this is what Jesus, the transformer, does. If anyone's in Christ, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, the old has gone, the new has come. You see, it's that change from what we weren't to what we will be. And that's what we're attempting and being successful to a degree in doing down in Constanta as well. Now, before we go any further, we've got, I've asked John Smith, who's part of our steering group, if you'd lead us in some prayers for uh, the ministry and for our friends down in Constanta. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you that you are the same God now as you were 2,000 years ago, as you will be on into the future forevermore. I thank you, Lord, that you're the same God here, Romania, Ghana, all the way across this world. And Lord, that you have experienced everything that we're experiencing. We thank you that you have given us the privilege of joining you in this ministry. We thank you, Lord, that you've gone through it before us, that you're in it before us and that you're carrying us and guiding us at every step as we go. Lord, we thank you for the work that's gone previously in Ghana and Romania as well. We thank you, Lord, that the work that's been going on there for the last 20, 25 years. But Lord, as you guide us into this new area in Constanta, and more specifically Navadari, we thank you that you've opened up a new opportunity. And we pray, Lord, that with the help of TEN and their organization, that we can do the very best we possibly can to glorify your name in that area. We thank you, Lord, for the pastor family that we are connected to, Benny and Kuta, uh, Magnolia, the daughter, and Junior, the son. Lord, we thank you for their gifts. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you give a Magnolia of leading worship. Even as a, a teenager, Lord, her gifting is very obvious, and Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for Junior's gifting as a keyboard player in the worship band. And Lord, we thank you for what they're doing within their age group in that town. Lord, we pray for them, that you will also protect them from the criticism of people around them, from the, the people who are looking down upon them because of their faith. Lord, we pray that you will make them strong, that you will lift them up in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for Benny and Ankuta and their health. Neither of them are finding things very, very easy. But Lord, we know you, you are the God who heals. And so, Lord, we lift them up in faith to you in Jesus' name, that you may hold them and guide them. Guide the decisions that they make about treatments, as well as the doctors, how they treat and whether to treat. Lord, we pray for the church, that they're in uh, the Agape Church in Navadari, and its leaders, as they reach out into the surrounding areas, which isn't always straightforward. There is literally physical opposition, Lord. But that's no more, Lord, than you saw yourself. We pray and look to you 
for guidance as to specifically how that should be dealt with. We pray, Lord, that you give Benny and Ankuta and the leaders of the Agape Church the resources to reach out into the village to continue running the uh, kids' clubs, to continue to plant new churches, even if that is unpopular with some of the local politicians, Lord. We pray that you will have the final say, Lord, that you will make the funds available, you will make the sites available. You will iron out all the problems along the way, Lord, as only you can. And Lord, we look to you in total faith that that will happen in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for the team, past and present, Lord. We pray that we listen carefully to you and we listen for your guidance into all the different areas that we would like to look into. But Lord, only open the doors that your will is for us to follow. Lord, we want to follow your specific plan, your specific purpose. And Lord, we pray that any new people who would like to get involved, be it as a supporter or actually involved in the team, Lord, we just pray that you convict their heart now in Jesus' name. We pray as we think about the forthcoming trip to Romania at the end of March, specifically for a women's ministry meeting. But Lord, we just pray that through that you will build deeper relationships with Benny Ankuta, Magnolia and Junior, and the leaders in the local church. Ask all this, Lord, to glorify your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're now going to read Mark chapter 5, and Keith and Judith are going to do that for us, members of the steering group of our Romanian ministry. Thank you. Good morning. We're going to read the whole chapter. I'll read the first part, and Judith will complete the chapter. So it's Mark chapter 5. They went across the lake to the region of Genesaris. When Jesus got out of the boat... A man with an impure spirit came to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside nearby. The demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd was about 2,000 in number and rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell it in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, 
a large crowd gathered around him. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. At once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answered, and yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha koam, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this time, they were completely astonished. He gave strict instructions not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Thank you so much. So Jesus, the transformer. How does this transformation come about? And it's fairly obvious, really, but it's profound at the same time. And that is Jesus transformed by connecting with people. So Jesus is constantly crisscrossing the Lake of Galilee. We find him in and out of Capernaum and Bethany, Tyre and Sidon, Decapolis, Judea, Jordan. And in Mark chapter 6, the following chapter, verse 6, it says, Jesus went about teaching from village to village. He was always on the move with the objective of trying to connect with people. Think about it. If he'd stayed in the synagogue, if he'd stayed in a religious enclave, would he have been able to do all these things? No. And I wonder today in 2020, if the church stays in its enclave, stays in its religious ghetto, how much we can connect the gospel, the transforming power with other people outside. Jesus wasn't found there. He was found on the move, everywhere, touching people, healing people, going connecting, making that connection, because it's through that connection that the transforming power of Jesus can be felt and experienced. And maybe today you feel distant from God. Uh, You've heard about the gospel, you've heard about what Jesus is about, but have you ever really connected? He wants to connect with you this morning. Unless we connect, even as Christians, we can go through our lives at times just kind of on automatic pilot, 
working on what we've done before. Jesus wants us to connect with him today to get that transforming power into our lives, into the areas in which we need help. In Luke 19, the story of Zacchaeus, Jesus described his mission in this way. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. A man on a mission, never standing still until the job was done. Perhaps if he was here today, he would say, get mission done. John describes it in this way. In chapter 1, he said, this is the message version, the word was another name for Jesus, became flesh and blood and moved into their neighbourhood. Transformation is not possible without connecting. And Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. That's why we're down there in, in Romania. And we're going to be hearing in a moment about what we're doing. We're down there not just to feed and help the poor, which we are to do because that's what Jesus did. We're there to connect people into the source of the power. The power's not ours. The source of the power is the risen Jesus. And so this morning we're going to hear now from Janet Cormack. Janet is now our coordinator for New Life Romania, which means she keeps me in the right place and the rest of the team, and she's doing a fantastic job. Give her a round of applause. She's going to bring us up to speed, and then followed by that, Richard's going to tell us about the next trip. Janet, thank you so much. Um, so I've got some slides just to let you see what we've been doing when we've been visiting down in Constanta. We're working with Transform Europe Network, which is an organisation that works with many European countries. They have ambassadors which are helping with cultural differences and they have a lot of local knowledge. So they've been uh, really helpful in our connection with the Navidad area and with Beni and Ancuta. So Romania sits on the Black Sea and we're working in the Constanta area, uh, which is an industrial port. Navidad just sits slightly north of that. This is the Agape Christian Centre Church, where Benny and Kuta are the pastors. And it's in Navidad, just slightly away from where the villages are, but within easy reach. I've met Benny and Ankuta when they came to visit us here, and we've had several trips out there now to do some work with them. Benny and Kuta are pivotal to everything that's been done down in that area. They're pastoring the church. They're also planting churches within the villages. They organise and train people to run the children's clubs. Uh, they're supporting widows and poor families with food parcels. And Benny also heads up the Mathetis Bible School. So they're extremely busy people but also enabling people, they're enabling others to work and engage with families and grow the Bible school too. We've talked about Benny and Ankuta's health, they both have health issues and Benny was unwell over Christmas, but they felt that that was due to the extreme busyness of the schedule around the church and what they have been doing and he's much better now, so we're pleased to hear that. Benny and Ankuta are always expressing their immense gratitude for the support that they're receiving from here, both financially and the love and the connection that we have with them. They also want to pass on their thanks to everybody who supported Sister Nazi. The last time we spoke, we asked for donations to enable her to have a shower put into her house. 
which is a really small property in a block of flats. That work has been done and again it just shows just something as simple as what we would class as a basic need being given to somebody and just the grateful thanks that they pass on to everyone that contributed to that. We're now supporting two families in the villages through New Life Romania. This is our first family, they're a gypsy family who have 10 children. They're supported with monthly food parcels. Their biggest concerns are what most families in the villages have is that they have no medical insurance, their medicines are expensive and the children are often ill with flu or skin diseases is what Benny and Ankuta pass on to us. So they're very grateful for the food parcels they're receiving. This is the second family that we've been connected with. They're a family of eight children. At the moment, mum is expecting her ninth baby and dad has a handicap. The oldest daughter of this family is at school. She's doing extremely well and then also helps with the younger children. They have asked particularly for prayer, for favour in school. For this daughter, she is again bullied for being a Christian and coming from such a large family. But both the families express immense gratitude for the support that's given to them. But with your help, we'd like to support more families in the area. So the other area that we've been connected with is children's clubs. Benny and Kuta enable many people within the villages to run the children's clubs and then support them. So this is one in the peninsula area. It's a gypsy village and also has Turkish people living there. They meet on a Sunday afternoon and they have between 25 and 30 children. This is Sinoy. It's also a gypsy area and this club is supported through New Life Romania. They often have between 40 and 50 children between the ages of 6 and 14. This is a time when we were out there and we were helping with the holiday club on that occasion. The main problems are that the families are very large and they live in poverty and health issues are a daily struggle for them all. This is the Mathetis Bible School graduation which we were privileged to be at last year. They are supported by many of the ministers in the area to train people in Bible ministry and also in leadership. Uh, this is the new cohort for 2020. They'll be there for every second Saturday for two years. And this is Benny teaching the new group in the Bible school. These are the young people from Agape Christian Centre. Over December, they went out into their local area giving out New Testaments and carol singing. They went to hospitals and elderly people and the villages and they gave out 300 New Testaments. Benny and I could have said how much it was a blessing to the young people as well as the people that they met within the area. So we're still building relationships, we're still moving on looking to see what else we can do to help Benny and Ankuta. We've made a leaflet that I hope you've all been given today. We've also got a table out in the foyer. They'll come and talk to us and ask us any questions and we'd be happy to share more of our visits and what we've been doing down in Navada. What a fantastic job Janice has been doing, just bringing us all together. Really, really do appreciate it. Just one question. What was your one biggest impression when you made your first visit there? 
I think the outreach that Benny and Kuta are doing, they have such a heart for the area that they live in, a heart for the poor. They're pioneers, they want to do more and they just need backing from people elsewhere to move on. The church itself in Navidad supports 20 families, so each time we can support, if they can support more, there's always more work that they can do. But yeah, just the love that they have and the connections that they're making. Thanks, Janet. Thank you very much indeed. Richard. Thank you. We're due to go out to Romania again on the 5th of March, flying from Luton to Bucharest. This time will be Glenn and Janet. It will be Glenn's first trip with us to find out on the ground what's going on. Kerry, Morgan and Elizabeth and myself will be going. We'd value your prayers. We come back on the 9th, so it's Thursday the 5th to Monday the 9th of March. And we'll be travelling a lot. The roads aren't quite like they are here. So some are good, some are not so good. So your prayers for that would be much appreciated. The purpose of the trip really is to build on the foundations that have been built over the past three trips. We will be obviously spending time with Benny and Ankuta and Magnolia, the daughter, and Junior, the son. We'll be visiting families that we've seen before and that we're now supporting, possibly seeing other families. We have to be prayerful over that because if you go, visit families, take some food, they expect you to come back again or they expect that's the beginning of your support. So we've got to be careful raising expectations, but we want to be people of faith and to support the work that you've just heard about. So pray for us for wisdom. We hope to visit some families and some widows. We will be visiting the Bible school, and Glenn is going to be taking a a short word of encouragement to the Bible students. We will be meeting with the church board, the elders, the leaders of Benny and Ankuta's church. Please pray for that. Because again, people coming from the West have often come said, bless you, and then gone, and they've heard nothing more. We don't want to be like that. We've already shown our love, support. It's taken a bit of time. They were expecting us to be quicker, but we're on the move with Jesus, and we want to bless them and build those relationships and to support them and ask them as well to support us and pray for us. We'll also be going out to one of the villages, possibly more than that. You have to sort of be ready for uh, extras. But we will be taking one of the children's clubs in one of the churches that we support. And that church actually had a break-in just before Christmas. Their sound system, their piano, keyboard was stolen and graffiti put around the church and one thing and another. And that's an area we're just considering, could we help them replace those things? And they want to beef up the security. More of that in just a minute. But we'll be going to that church and taking a children's club. And then we'll be joining in fellowship with the church in Navadar, Benny and Ankuta's church, along with the board members and the congregation there. On a Sunday morning, as we've done on our previous trips, that's always a time of great fellowship. And we've seen pictures on Facebook of the communion trays that we bought for them. Lovely communion trays and cups and platters and things. They've been using those and thinking of us when they're breaking bread together. So uh, that's been good. That's the main areas of our trip If you'd like to know more, as Janet said, we'll be out in the foyer after the service. Come to the desk there. 
But we'd like you to prayerfully consider whether you might be able to give to the work, either as a one-off today, possibly something stirred your heart, maybe stories of widows, families, or maybe the church in Michaivitsu, the church that was broken into, a church we have supported, we're supporting the children's club there. Maybe you might be able to give towards the needs there. We would love to talk to you about the possibility of becoming a regular giver. We have had some fantastic, faithful folks who've given over a number of years and are still giving. We're so grateful to God. And the giving that has still come in while we've been transitioning from the work in the north that was so faithfully done over 25 years to the east, folks have carried on giving. That giving is still going to families in need. If you feel that might be an area that you could support us in, a one-off regular giving, or you'd like to receive regular updates of the work, please fill in the form, come and see us in the foyer afterwards. Thank you. I think that's it. James 1, 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Richard, and thank you, Janet, again. We are connecting with people in Romania and down in Constanta. We connect with people in Ghana. You know what? Often people have said to me, and perhaps have said to others, why don't we just send the money and not go? You know, there's such power in connecting. God didn't think it was just a good idea to bring salvation to the world and send an angel or a message. He came and connected with humanity. And he came himself and brought salvation. And so that's why we go to Romania. That's why we go to Ghana, because we connect, and through those connections, we are conduits for the transforming power of Jesus. So if you'd like to connect with Romania and connect with our ministry, please do that. If you've never connected this morning, ever once, with the God of heaven, this is your morning to connect with him and to see what transforming power he can bring into your life. Jesus brought transformation by connecting this passage. He also brought transformation by a single step. Someone once said, all great journeys start with a single step. That single step is turning intentionally towards God. So we see in this passage, in these three incidents, an example of how people took that simple one step in order to be transformed by Jesus. It's true, the first step is always the hardest. To come and recognise your need, to say, I'm going to move out of my comfort zone and I'm going to make that step. Maybe you felt at times you'd like to be prayed for in the church, but you've never taken that step. It's a hard step to take because you're admitting you need God. When we put our hand up and say, Lord Jesus, I need you, we are on the road. Come and make that step this morning. Allow somebody to pray for you because that could be the conduit. That could be the time when the transforming power of Jesus is brought in, not because of any one person's prayer or any particular personality, but because God chooses to work through people. We have become his servants. We have become his vehicles. Jesus brought the life of God, and we are too to bring the life of God in the same way. So the one step that was taken here, the disturbed man, verse 6 and 7 of Mark chapter 5, Jesus didn't go to him. He ran to Jesus. 
He recognised who Jesus was. Interesting, at the end of the previous chapter, when you get that wonderful miracle of Jesus healing the storm, the, 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 the disciples say, who is this? And yet in chapter 5, we have a man whose evil spirit cries out, you are the son of God. The evil spirit recognised who Jesus was, but Jesus' own disciples were puzzled about who this Jesus really was. The journey to Jesus starts with a single step of recognising, yes, this is Jesus, this is the Son of God. He can transform my life. Taking that step of faith toward Jesus, just as that disturbed man did. Look at the sick woman. She had to brave the insults and the rejection of others to touch Jesus' cloak. I mentioned earlier that she would have been an outcast because of the nature of her condition, her hemorrhaging, would have made her an outcast in her cultural circle. She had to come out of that. Now, you imagine people would have been saying, just a minute, you shouldn't be here. Push her out of the way. She'd have been looked down. She might have been spat upon. She had to make that step. You know, there'll be all sorts of ways in which the enemy will stop you from coming to Jesus. Stop you from taking that sacrificial step to serve Jesus, whether that's in Romania or whether it's here in North Allerton. When she found out that Jesus was there, she just touched his cloak and his transforming power. Not that there was power in the cloak, but there was power in the wearer of that cloak. It says that Jesus felt power coming from him, that transforming power. All started with a single step. Today, I do really believe that God is speaking to people today to say, there's a step that you need to take. I don't know what that step is. It may be a step into serving God in a ministry in this church. It may be a step towards a family member, a colleague, a neighbour. You know, they might see Jesus in you a little bit, that's fine. And they might ask the question, and you might be able to give the reason. But God calls us to take that connecting step. Jairus, he took that step. What a step of faith that was, going to Jesus, saying, my daughter's sick. He was the ruler of the synagogue. We know how the Jewish people reacted to Jesus. He took that step. But then that step of faith was magnified when folk came from his house and said, don't bother Jesus anymore, she's dead. It's game over. We see the man's faith rise again. What did Jesus say? Don't be afraid, just believe. I wonder if that's for somebody here this morning. Don't be afraid, just believe. Interesting that in that passage, Jairus is mentioned, but the daughter's name isn't given. Why doesn't the writer put in the daughter's name? Because the faith was in Jairus. Jairus's faith had been acting on behalf of somebody else. It's very powerful, that. That Jairus had faith for someone else. I wonder today, can you have faith for the transforming power of Jesus to be in somebody else's life? He took the step, but it was on behalf of his daughter. Taking that first step towards Jesus can be the step that brings his transforming power into your life. When Abraham started out, it's recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, that he went out, took his first step, and he didn't know where he was going, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. We know he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. But it says he didn't know where he was going, but he took that first step. And as he took that first step, the transforming power of God moves in his life. And we see Abraham moving towards the destiny that God called him to be and to have. So this morning, in this passage, we see Jesus transforming by connecting. And we're transformed by a single step. And that's what we're doing down in Romania. That's what we're doing down in Constanta. So join with us in prayer. Join with us in our team. Come. It's not that expensive to go and give to this wonderful ministry that's helping to transform the lives of people who have never really understood or heard who Jesus is. We're down on the Black Sea in southeast 
Romania. I'd like to thank the team for being involved this morning, for Richard and Janet, Judith, Keith and John. Let's just have a moment of silence as we bring our own thoughts and prayers to the Lord. How is God challenging you this morning about connecting? How is God challenging you this morning by taking that simple step, just as those three examples did we read about in Mark chapter 5? Is God talking to you this morning and challenging you about being involved in a ministry that takes you outside of your comfort zone many miles from here? As we bring this service to an end, let's just pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for the transforming power of Jesus, the Son of God. Thank you, Lord, this morning that you've changed my life and the lives of many people in this congregation this morning. You've transformed us. We pray that we would be the carriers of that transformation route to those we meet, whether that's around where we live, in the town that we work, the place of our work, our families, or whether it's down in Romania, in Constanta, or whether it's in Accra, in Ghana, wherever you take us. Help us to take that one step that's necessary to move in your direction and be the channels of your amazing power, your amazing love, and your amazing mercy. We pray your blessing today upon Pastor Benny and Ankuta of Magnolia and Junior and the ministry down there as they serve you in very challenging circumstances where there is much opposition, even persecution, for raising the, the name of Jesus. Bless them, we pray. Bless our union. Bless the work of ten. Transform Europe Network as we work with them in bringing your transforming gospel to Europe. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being involved in your mission. In Jesus' name, amen.